Welcome to today's episode of The Square. It's going to be a little bit different today. We're back in New York, and I'm really excited to be here with Morgan Grossby, who's a VP and the Director of Business Development for our interior sector. Morgan, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. So you're going to interview George Kaler. Are you, and I'm really excited about it because you sit right next to him yes. on a day in and day out basis. So nobody's better to kind of, to, to introduce us to the real George. George is a great guy. I love working with George. And, you know, we're really a tight knit group here in New York. So um, I'm happy to do it and excited to share with you a little bit about the guy I get to sit next to every day. Well, let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of The Square here at Corkin's office in New York. I'm Morgan Grosby, Director of Business Development for our Interiors Practice. And this is George Kaler, my colleague and good friend, our studio leader for our Interiors Practice. I'm excited to talk to George today and ask you some questions about your career journey. Great to be here. With everything that I know about you, there's always something that I get to learn about you each and every day that we work together. But I would love for you to share with our audience today, what helped bring you to learning that you wanted to become a designer and, and why do you do what you do? Well, I think from a, a very young age, uh, I knew I was gonna be a designer. Um, I used to be a crazy Lego maker when I was a kid. <laughs> Uh, but that involved into drawing lots of uh, detailed uh, plans and elevations and things of anything from from houses to robots. Uh, and um, at an early age, I got an opportunity to go and do work experience at an architect's firm when I was about 10 years old. Uh, wow. A friend of the family invited me uh, for, for two weeks in the summer to, to work at their firm. Um, and I spent two weeks filing huge drawings into drawers. So it completely put me off. <laughs> so I knew I didn't want to be an architect because I thought it was pretty boring. Uh, but I definitely wanted to pursue my design career. And um, I, I think I then turned to more detailed product and interior design. Um, and uh, yeah, studied um, graphic design at school and then went on to do art uh, A-levels and then art foundation course and then an interior architecture degree at university. That's fantastic. So one of the things I've always admired about you, George, is the fact that you've had an opportunity to uh, work in several countries around the world. How do you feel that that's really shaped who you are as a designer and what made you want to land in New York? Um, well, I think what's you know critical to the success of my job and designing workplaces really is, is uh, listening to, talking to, and understanding a client's needs. So really getting under the skin of a, of a company and an individual's culture um, is really important to a successful outcome. So I think, you know, having the opportunity to work with many different cultures in, in different countries, I don't think I've um, sort of formed uh, one uh, way of, of working. You know, I always, I always really, uh, you know, want to get to know the individuals that I'm working with on, on the client side. So I think, you know, working in different countries really has exposed me to, to many different cultures and, 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 and ways of working and, and things like that. Um, and um, what was the other part of the question? What made you want to land in New York? <laughs> what made we want to land in New York? Well, okay, so the, the, the kind of short story there is that um, I used to come to, uh, to kids' camps in New Jersey 
when I was at college. Every summer I'd come over, I'd, I'd be working, doing my interior architecture degree. I'd come over uh, and work with underprivileged kids in New Jersey. Uh, and I really got to know some, some fantastic New Yorkers uh, and just knew that I wanted to come and live and work in New York one day. So the plan was that after my degree, um, I would head over to New York uh, to live and work. But uh, I graduated in 2000 uh, and then in, obviously in 2001, 9-11 happened. So uh, no one was coming to New York at that time. Uh, and um, it took me 20 years then to find my way uh, over after that. Uh, luckily, you know, when I met my wife, she really, really wanted to come to the States as well. And um, I've, uh, it's just past four years of, of living and working in New York and all that time has been with Corgan and it's been fantastic. That's great. What do you think has been a highlight so far for you in the four years that you've been here at Corgan specifically? Um, certainly not the last uh, two years of, of the pandemic, but um, <laughs> I think it's just been, you know, uh, seeing uh, the growth of, of our team in New York, it's been fantastic. You know, we've, we've um, you know, really started to build a great reputation with yourself um, as BD director, myself and Jim and, and all the design team. Uh, and it's really been uh, a great journey over this last four years to really establish some of the relationships that we, were, we already had and we've, and we've really built on them uh, and to build our portfolio of work. So true. It really has. The, the studio here has really evolved. It's been exciting to see yeah. for sure. Um, you know, and one of the things, I mean, kind of you have this incredible background. You've worked on projects globally. Is there a particular project um, that you've had the opportunity to work on uh, that kind of always stands out to you in your career thus far? Yeah, I think um, I'll always go back to this first sort of big project that I ran, uh, that I ran as a day-to-day -day designer. I was for Sony Music uh, headquarters in, in London. Uh, so I was still just uh, you know a few years into my career, but I was given the opportunity to coordinate that project. Um, I was an architectural technician at the time, so I was really uh, you know uh, in charge of all the information that was coming in and out of the office. Uh, a fantastic, really big project that was a, a real flagship project for Sony uh, in an amazing building in central London. Uh, I got to meet you know, the CEO of Sony, I got to meet Simon Cowell and design uh, spaces for them. And really the end product was, was really something quite special. So I think I got a lot of uh, experience on that job in terms of design, coordination, uh, and just really loved the whole process. And I think from there, um, you know, I was able to take on you know, complex projects uh, and grow as a designer. That sounds like a really great project. It was, yeah. With Simon Cowell, an American Idol. He um, was, yeah. He was exactly judge. as 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 you thought. He didn't shout at me or anything like that. But <laughs> he uh, he looked exactly the same, exactly same haircut and, and pants and, and things that, that he always is known for. Black black t shirt, perfect yeah, haircut. Yeah, yeah. George, with your experience working globally, um, what do you think is the importance for designers? to have that type of experience of being, you know, exposed to different cultures or ways of thinking about design. Yeah, I think um, it's really uh, benefited me. Uh, you know, I, I know that there's uh, many ways to do, uh, to do design. You know, there's many ways to tackle a problem. Um, and, um, you know, I think we, um, you know, as designers uh, and artists should, should be exposed to different types of cultures and art and architecture. 
um, that's going to influence uh, our own taste and, and how we approach uh, projects. Um, and certainly being able to take, um, uh, you know, all the, all the positive things that, that I've learned in, uh, in other continents um, and apply them here. Uh, really means that um, you know I, I may uh, know of a different way of doing things that, that hasn't been explored here before. Have you been able to take some of those uh, experiences based in maybe your work in Dubai or Australia or in the UK and have been able to use that in your strategy here in New York? Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, London particularly, um, I, I, I still believe um, is, is a, a global leader in workplace design. You know, some of the things that I was doing there, um, you know, 15 years ago, uh, really are, are things that, 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 we, that we're, you know, just doing in the Middle East or, or, or even in, in this market as well, just because it's, um, you know, part of the, uh, the culture and the history of, of, of architecture and design in, in, in that, that city. So certainly, um, you know, anyone coming from any any other part of the world is going to contribute something new to this environment, um, and I think um, that can only be a good thing. So, how has your role as the studio leader here in New York changed things for you in your journey, and as a designer? And also, uh, what does it mean to you to be a studio leader over you know overseeing the journey of other designers as they grow their careers? Um, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I am a designer myself. Um, I think I've got strong fundamentals in understanding uh, how things go together. Um, you know, I've, I've uh, you know, worked on projects of ground up buildings, um, but I also understand what makes good design. So I think I've got a really good eye uh, for understanding the vision of a project. Um, but I think what makes me um, a leader is that I can really know how to get the best out of a group of designers uh, to achieve the client's goal, the client's vision. Um, so also I need to be able to understand uh, my team's skills uh, and what people are good at uh, and really you know, help them to get the best out of what they're doing uh, and for them to enjoy the design process. So you know, really for me, I need to be able to you know, understand that client's brief, bring the right people together, um, inspire them to create something really, really special for their clients. I always love seeing you out on site uh, with our team and as we're going through uh, different spaces and trying to come up with ideas. I mean, you always have a red pen in your hand and never scared to kind of like throw your sleeves up and kind of get right in there. Um, is there, was there somebody like that in your career that did that with you? And is that kind of a part of your mentorship style? Can you tell us a little more about kind of how you like to interact with our designers in that capacity? Yeah, I mean, I've never ha really had a mentor. Um, I think I've, um, you know, I've wor worked with um, some really fantastic designers and see how people work individually um, and kind of forms my own uh, way of working. So, um, but you know, I think what I try and do is really, you know, I do lead by example, but I really like to understand what people are good at. Um, I always tell people don't concentrate on things that, that you're not great at. Um, so I think if I can pinpoint what thing, what people love to do, what the staff love to do and focus on that and allow them to do that, um, I think that really um, gets the best out of them and, 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 and the design. I mean, I, love, I do love to roll my sleeves up um, and um, you know, I wish I would have more time to be able to design myself. But as I said, you know, I think I can encourage people to, to, 
to you know get the best out of themselves as designers. Well, I certainly see that on a daily basis, so that's exciting. Um, <clears throat> as we think about kind of what we've been living through the last few years in terms of the pandemic, as you mentioned earlier, you know, your last four years, two of them have been coasting through uh, the pandemic and still keeping our team successful, keeping our clients happy and working really hard. Um, you know, what has been the silver lining, do you think, uh, in terms of uh, the pandemic and what we've learned from it and how we're pivoting that into helping our clients move forward? Well, I, th I think, um, you know, it's the best and the worst of the pandemic is that it really has affected uh, our mental health just as human beings globally. Um, and I think, um, <clears throat> you know, the, uh, the what design can bring to support uh, well-being, wellness uh, and support mental health in, in, in a workplace um, uh, is really, really more critical now. And I think we're seeing our clients coming to ask and ask us, uh, asking us for the things that we've been telling them they've needed for the last 10 years, which is just things like natural light um, and, um, you know, open, uh, collaborative, nice spaces to work where we, um, you know, do feel like uh, we're working in a healthy environment. So I think that's, um, you know, something that really is uh, critical to uh, all these new clients of ours that are designing spaces to attract and retain talent um, is that they really want to have uh, great places to work that is uh, human-centered and based around wellness. Absolutely. That's great. Um, and kind of, you know, in, in thinking about that and what we've learned from that, I, I, I see that we're constantly having to support our clients in their path forward. What do you think is the best piece of advice you've given a client that they've uh, taken and really put into action for a project recently, post-pandemic? Um, that's a really good question. I mean, I think um, just uh, trusting um, the the process that we go through them with them. Uh, you know, we, we've got a fantastic workplace strategy team that uh, does visioning sessions to really um, put into place guiding principles for a project and to always come back to that. If we can set those guiding principles at the start of the project and always aim for those uh, and not go off course uh, and put trust in the process, then I think uh, it really does um, uh, make a, a far better product at, at the end of the project. We've seen a lot of things come out of those visioning sessions. It's probably the one best way we've been able to really extract information mm. from our clients that they didn't even know they yeah. could provide us, yeah. so it's certainly really important. Um, so when we think about advice that we give our clients, we also, you know, I always think it's great to think about the advice we, we get ourselves and the advice that we give our rising stars. What advice do you, do you think is the most important as you mentor and think about the rising stars and the talent that we have here at Corgan? Um. I think, um, you know, just to really keep your eyes and ears open to everything that's going on around you, just be open, be a sponge, um, you know, learn from all your colleagues around you, whether it be junior or senior, um, but also, you know, just to believe in yourself and, and to, um, you know, see yourself in a picture of, of diversity and your talents and what you can bring to the table. Um, so, you know, we don't want to create... Uh, uh, you know, robots here at Corgan. We we want to create individuals that bring their own 
skills and personalities to a project. Um, everyone's voices um, is valid on a project and I think that's, that's what I like to do is just to give everyone a voice uh, to bring their own personality to make a project special. Well, it certainly helps create a well-rounded team, that's for sure. Um, I always say that I learn something every day, and it can be from anything, but um, what is something you can share that maybe one of our designers on our team, or any of our teams, has recently taught you? Oh my gosh. Um, I think, um, you know, what I do uh, try and do is um, um, always be open to other people's opinions. You know, I need to be able to um, provide, um, you know, um, really good advice, really good leadership, always to be able to um, steer uh, people in the right direction or answer questions um, consistently. But I'm all, always open to uh, other people's suggestions and just to let designers, um, you know, do things their own way uh, from time to time. If You know, even if I'm not 100% sure about um, you know what the team might be suggesting I'll, I'll just always be open to listening to, to new ideas and, and to run with it um, I think you've always got to give a little bit of uh, percentage uh, of risk uh, taking on a project um, to maybe take you somewhere that, that you didn't know you uh, you know had planned to go so uh, I'm always open to to listening to what the team has to say and to try something different well I know that we do a lot of extracurriculars here in New York. You know, our industry, our community is pretty vibrant. You know, there's a lot of organizations that we support and that we um, participate in different functions. What has been a highlight for you uh, in terms of doing, um, you know, an industry event, you know, whether it be panel speaking or mentorship? Um, is there anything that you can share with us that's been a highlight for you since being in New York? Yeah, I think um, you know we've, as you said, you know we're 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 really involved in the local uh, um, you know industry in terms of events um, and um, you know, for instance, the Cornet uh, New York chapter, the New, New uh, Northeast chapter is, uh, I think, the biggest uh, in in the world and is really really active and, and we're actively we're sponsoring them. Um, and we always try to be part of that that industry, um, and um, you know I think uh, also you know attending um, you know other types of uh, industry events such as panel speaking as well is always a way to, to give back and to uh, contribute to uh, the you know thought leadership in the industry, but also just going to a, you know a client's office and, and having a you know a lunch and learn. We you know we're, we're trying to make them. Uh, as interesting and as fun as possible in different formats, but really just uh, being able to sit around the table with with a group of clients uh, or industry peers and have a conversation about design, I think is really re rewarding for me and, and for everyone else involved. Well, we certainly know that we contribute a lot to the industry as a whole, and certainly we do it as a team, which I think is great here at Corgan. You know, it's, it's always a team effort. We get a lot of our team members out there very involved. But um, you know, not everything always revolves around Corgan as much as we love it. Um, so, with that, on a more personal note, you know, what what is really important to you outside of Corgan, and you know, what drives your passion for what you do here at work outside of the office? Um, uh, you know, I've I've got a family, uh, and I've got a fantastic life here in New York, just outside of the city. 
uh, I've got the best of all worlds really um, you know I'm living in a beautiful part of the States um, and you know my family's doing really really well but also I'm just 30 minutes away from from Manhattan uh, probably the best city in the world uh, apart from London um, uh, so you know really to have that work-life balance uh, is something uh, that is really important I think it is important to do a really good job you need to uh, have some time for yourself and, 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 and with your family. Um, so I think, um, you know, uh, our industry is, is pretty tough. You know, it's, um, there's a lot, a lot of hard work. Um, it can be a grind at times and it's been pretty difficult the last couple of years. But I think, um, you know, our culture here at Corgan does allow us to, to have that work-life balance. We really do uh, appreciate and respect um, people's individual time. Um, and I, I always try and do that, you know, I try and get that work-life balance right. Uh, that allows me to enjoy my job. What excites you the most about this profession? I think, um, you know, what's been really exciting over the last, like, five years has been um, how technology has made um, the design process uh, and the realisation of design uh, far more fluid and efficient. You know, our designers are working in 3D uh, right from scratch. So to be able to design in 3D with our designers and then to immediately show our clients exactly what their space is going to look like, um, just as part of the normal design process, uh, really is exciting. It, it, it really makes, um, um, you know, uh, design uh, far more easy to uh, to realize and to have approval with, with clients um, and then to deliver some something that we probably couldn't even imagine uh, maybe you know 15 years ago so that's that's a really exciting change I think I've seen to our the way that we're working in our industry where do you see the profession going and what are some of the challenges that you foresee um, I think um, you know uh, the world and our, our industry is getting more and more complex um, as we really uh, find ways to bring in so many more uh, facets to what we do mm -hmm. you know in terms of um, understanding a client's needs or understanding uh, the environment that we're designing within. Uh, but there's a lot more pressures uh, commercially uh, all the time. There's uh, uh, many uh, new ways of delivering projects, of procuring projects, design and build, um, of um, you know, lots of other consultants that are doing similar uh, roles to the traditional architect's role that probably doesn't really exist anymore anyway. So I think just being able to protect our, our industry um, and, um, you know, to be able to work within, uh, you, you know, an industry of, of far more commercial and time pressure while still being able to deliver high quality, thoughtful work, uh, I think is one of the biggest challenges for us. If there could, if there's one thing you could achieve in your career, and not to say that you're retiring anytime soon, but in this career journey of yours, what is one thing that you have set a goal for yourself that you'd like to accomplish? Um, I don't know. I think um, really, you know, what what gives me most pleasure in my job is to see those around me achieving. So if I can really, um, you know, work with a group of designers for a number of years and really see people uh, themselves turn into leaders and, and become senior designers and, and have gone through and, and worked on multiple projects with with people, um, and with clients, you know, that's what gives me pleasure. So, you know, I'm, I, I get the pleasure out of working with the people, uh, as well as seeing an amazing end, end product. 
but I think what really stays with me is is um, the pleasure of, of of myself working with others and seeing that the pleasure that they get out of their work. So I think just to um, really build uh, a legacy of, of great design um, and of designers uh, in the New York office uh, that will you know really really set the tone for for New York's uh, portfolio of work uh, for the coming years. Uh, I think that's what. Uh, I'll really, really be be happy with here with my my role at Corgan. What is something that people would be surprised to learn about George Kaler? Oh, ah. so um, yeah, I don't have many vices in my life. I think um, you'll be uh, pleased to know. But yeah, one of them is um, is uh, collecting sneakers. So I've got a few sneakers at home that I love to uh, put on the wall and stare at all day. Uh, but also, uh, I do. Um, have a penchant for wearing lycra at the weekends, um, so and I do that on my on my bike. So I think uh, road biking and, and sneakers, um, apart from obviously the more important things like uh, my family and, and friends, um, is what I love to, to do uh, in my own time. So do you like to go sneaker shopping by yourself, or do you have a sneaker shopping partner? Uh, definitely by myself, and um, because if anyone knew how much money I was spending <laughs> on them, especially my wife, then I might not have a wife anymore. So it's definitely um, a guilty pleasure that, um, that, I, that, I, that I like, and I think I've got some just arrived today at the office. I've definitely seen a few empty Nike boxes around here. So, and maybe this is your shipping address so that nobody can actually see what- Number one shipping <laughs> address, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I do like your sneaker collection. Thank it's pretty much. on point. Thanks so much, George, for participating today, answering all of my questions, and for sharing a little bit about yourself with everybody tuning in for today's Square episode. Thank you so much, everyone.